Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode 97. Today's episode is with Susan Bowles, who is the host of the Break the Ceiling podcast. She and I had so much fun geeking out over the tech that I didn't realize that there was a popping sound in her audio and only realized that after we finished recording and I got to editing. There is popping throughout the episode um, whenever Susan speaks, but it is so worth listening to even with that. Just know that I'm aware of the issue and I'm going to do my very best to give you the best quality audio going forward and that I truly apologize for the less than stellar audio this time. But it really, truly wasn't worth throwing this episode into the trash. There is so much value that Susan brought to this conversation. Now, before we get into the episode, if you haven't yet downloaded the brand new freebie that I announced on the podcast last week, be sure to head into the show notes or go to techofbusiness.com forward slash multiply because we want to multiply your impact as you expand online. That is the idea. This episode with Susan is going to help you think about your technology wherever it might be from paper and pen to fully automated in a fresh light. I hope you enjoy. Susan, welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I am so delighted that you are here. As I told you, as we were having getting started in this conversation, I heard about you and then next thing I knew, you popped up in my inbox saying, let's have a conversation on the podcast. So welcome and let's just kind of get right into it, who you are, what you do, and kind of get that stuff out of the way so we can get to the really good conversation. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so my name is Susan Bowles. I own a consulting firm called ScaleSpark, and I work as uh, an outsourced CFO and growth advisor for agencies, consultants, other service businesses. And what that means is kind of sitting in a CFO role with a technology expertise and using um, finance and technology and all of those tools available to us to help folks who are kind of at a growth ceiling. They've, they've sold the thing, they have leads coming in, they know what they're doing, but they have hit a capacity ceiling. So they have realized that either they're going to uh, burn out mm -hmm. and kill themselves with work or that they want to grow their business in a different way. And so they'll hire me and I come in and help them figure out how to basically grow their business. I like to say that I fix not, I don't fix the problems of growth. I don't solve for growth. I solve the problems of growth. So when you're growing, there are all of these operational problems that come up and I help 
agencies and consultants figure out how to fix those. Yes. So that you can grow without trying to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. I think that that kind of boils down to a lot of what I'm finding in the industry nowadays is that people want to grow and they want to scale and they want to do more. And next thing you know, they've piled four, five, six tons of things on their back and they're like, I can't keep doing this. I'm just going to throw this whole thing away and try something else. Or I'm going to yep. outsource all of this stuff that I've thrown on my back. But then it's like, okay, can I afford to outsource? Are my tools optimized well, I think, enough? <laughs> well, I, I think it's really hard to optimize something that either you don't have a process or, you know, sometimes when you outsource, that can create a whole other um, list of, issues because all of a sudden now you have somebody to manage mm -hmm. and instead of just being able to hand it off you now have to actually delegate and then manage that person and explain to them the things that are in your head so that they can do it the way that you want it to be done um, but then you also have to like make sure that they're doing it and that's a whole other you know when you're really overwhelmed it's not the relief that you expect it to be it ends up being just one more thing on that pile that you're trying to deal with. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's kind of where people say, okay, well, what about my tools? What about my systems? What about this? What about that? And all of a sudden we've turned our, put ourselves into kind of a tailspin of where do we start because we have had success and we are growing. How do we get ourselves out of this cycle and make it so that we can be back on that upward trajectory that we envision for ourselves without more overwhelm, without more stress, without more pain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I think technology is one of those triggers that you can pull that I actually, you know, a lot of people, the common wisdom is, you know, hire a VA, which is great if you are prepared to hire a VA, meaning that you have a process, you've got something to hand to them, they're able to execute on your vision. Mm -hmm. Where it gets really difficult, and this is true I think in technology as well, is that if you don't have a process, you can't hand it off to anything. You can't hand it off to technology, you can't hand it off to a VA or a person. You have to, first you have to figure out what you're trying to do before any of those tools can really help you. And I think if you start pulling those triggers too early, um, it adds to, it just adds to that over, that overwhelm where you're like, okay, great. I'm going to pick a tool. Let's, let's buy this tool and we're going to implement that. But if you do that without really thinking through what you're going to use it for, how you're going to use it, how it's going to fit with all the other tools you're using, um, it can really screw you because <laughs> now you're paying for this other tool that isn't doing what you need it to do. And you also feel overwhelmed because you've just added the thing to your to-do list that says, go set up XYZ tool. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think, you know, for me, technology is one of those kind of last 10%. It's the last mile of the optimizing and streamlining your systems. Technology is the last trigger to pull. And there's so many other things that you can do before you hit that tech piece. The tech piece is the part I think that really is very powerful, especially, you know, when it comes to automation and comes to being able to actually hand stuff off, technology is so powerful. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But you really have to think about the strategy and how you're going to use that 
before you're going to recognize the value of that tool. I think that's phenomenal because most of the time someone will come and say, I want to implement this tool. Like they'll come mm-hmm. to me and they'll ask that question and I'll be like, well, yeah, I can implement it, but no, I won't implement it. <laughs> but is that the best choice? <laughs> it may very well be the best choice, but if you're not ready for it, there's no reason for us to start working on it. I had someone come to me not that long ago asking me to set up the backend integration between Thinkific and his email marketing system. And I said, why? Because I need it set up. That wasn't the answer. It was like, okay, you got to create your course and you've got to understand who your audience is and figure out your marketing message. Once you got to that point, then sure, I can set up this last 10% so that all of your systems can be working together. But when you come to things saying tech is always just the answer, that doesn't relieve the overwhelm. That doesn't stop the bleeding or whatever it might be. Instead, yes, tech may very well be the answer, but it's part of a much bigger question or what it's answering might be much smaller than what you think it is. Absolutely. I, that's, I think a lot of people think that technology is magical um, and that they, they have this impression, and I get this a lot with my clients, of I just need a project management system. That's going to fix all of my problems. Like I know I just need, I just need a project management system, and that's going to solve the problem. But <laughs> the reality is that you know, there's so many questions that you have to answer before you get to that point of even evaluating you know, which project management system, and do you even need a project management system, and do you need the biggest one with the bells and the whistles, you know, there's so many questions to ask. There, I guess I, I always like to ask why. Like, why are you doing that? And you have to ask why a whole bunch of times before you get to the point where that technology piece even comes into play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is the true problem that we are solving? Where are we trying to go? And are we creating? I mean, this is one of the questions that I have on one of the freebies that I have I probably did it about a couple of years ago that it was one of the questions that I had on this freebie was are you implementing this tech as a crutch or as mm. a foundation? Like, is this a fix? I love that. Is this a fix? I mean, or is this something that you are going to rest the rest of your business on? If you understand even why you're thinking of doing this, then you're much more adept and much more able to find the best way to use that tech tool or to build systems that make sense, create your SOPs that make sense, make sure that you're not bleeding money, make sure that you're not bleeding time, make sure that you hire the right VA to work on that tool. Because a VA just means somebody who doesn't work in your office who is assisting you. (laughs) I think think that's, I, I love the question of, is it a crutch or are you actually building a foundation? Because I think that's so... Um, astute in terms of the the ways in which clients come to me, I know, and I'm sure come to you, is a lot of what we do is working on kind of making decisions, getting out of emergency mode. So mm-hmm. when you come in and you are overwhelmed and you are, you know, at your last straw and you don't know where to go, it's so easy to just pull a trigger and, like you said, make it a crutch 
of desperately kind of grasping for anything that will make the problem better and making decisions in emergency mode is a very different mode of making decisions than thinking about the long term what your business should look like and how the system should operate behind the scenes and what kind of business you want to grow and then appropriately laying those foundational pieces be that you know process or technology or team members whatever those foundations are you know stopping taking a breath and then making a decision that is based off of your plan for growth not off of putting a band-aid on the issue that's happening right now (laughs) totally totally and you know I mean it's so interesting to me being that I have been in the tech space for a very long time I mean I and just kind of seeing the evolution and seeing the decision making process and I mean it can be said for a lot of different tools and different methodologies of like why people make the decisions they do and you know and what the motivation is for that and again I mean we've kind of talked about it a lot already about it being getting out of overwhelm or stopping the bleeding or making something just work the way that you thought it was going to beforehand and there's there's something about taking that step back and bringing in an outside advisor and looking at things from a non-emotional state that I feel like we could have a really good chit chat about of just like kind of taking that step back and some of the strategies of looking at the, you know, the implementation objectively, looking at the decision making objectively rather than emotionally. Yeah, I think, and I don't know if you find this, I find this a lot during um, particularly like project management implementations where we're really talking about the workflow and talking about um, how how work should flow through your various systems. One of the, I'm always asking why. Why mm-hmm. are you doing it that way? And I think you're right. There's a real value in having a new perspective come in and force you to explain why you made the choices that you made. Because so often the choice that was made was made because that's the way we've always done it or because that's the way I did it in my old industry. Um, I I like to tell the story. I have a client who we were working through um, billing. So why do you you choose to bill the way that you do? Um, Because, particularly for this client, that was causing issues in us being able to really harness the power of automation in their project management system. So that's kind of the context of the conversation. Um, but when I asked them why they chose to do this, this thing that was really limiting their ability to automate, um, and I asked them why they did it, the answer was because the person who started the company had come out of television and that's how they build in television. And that was, that was really the answer to why they made the decision that they did. So sometimes it can be as obscure as that is there's no real good like business value reason right now. It's just um, how, that's how we did it. Yeah. How, when I started the company, I thought that I had to do it. You know, I thought I had to bill hourly because that's how people bill. And I didn't realize there were other options. And I think um, I've been on my, on my podcast, Break the Ceiling, we've been doing a theme lately called Default Decisions. So basically the, the discussion around the decisions that you make in your business 
sometimes early on that you may not even realize that you are actually making a decision at that beginning part of the process Uh that then has such a huge impact down the road on what kind of a business you actually have to operate and Mm -hmm. how many systems have to go into that. You know, so if you think about something um, like post-pay, so paying, um, charging your clients for work on like a time and materials basis, right? Right. So you do the work and then you bill them afterwards. And that decision to post-pay, to have your clients post-pay versus paying upfront for the work creates an entire workflow that you now have to figure out how to manage, how to administrate, potentially how to automate. Mm -hmm. Um, Because now you have to track time. You have to track materials. You have to have a methodology to turn that into an invoice that you then send to them. Then you also have to track them down later on to get them to pay the invoice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Making a very simple decision at the beginning to say, hey, I work on a project basis, pay me up front, the end. Yeah, you know that's you click the button, you pay the money, it's paid, and that's the end of the process. And yeah. so decisions like that, where you make a decision very early on that maybe you didn't even consciously make, mm-hmm. but can have a really big impact on how much you're trying to administrate and automate and streamline. Yeah, down the road. Totally, totally. I mean, like, if you continue on that post pay, like we're just going to talk about that for a moment, and you want to outsource all of your billing to somebody else, all of a sudden, you have to put four, five, six systems in place in order to make sure that they can do their job. So this decision that you've made because it was just you may downstream have these downstream effects. The nice thing is, is there's nothing that we have in our businesses that can't change. Yes. You know, I actually not that long ago, probably, you know, sometime earlier this year, decided that instead of doing split pay for my projects, if they were under a certain dollar amount, the only option was 100% upfront. I understand that, you know, some of my bigger projects, you know, the ones that are getting close to, you know, five figure, you know, or beyond. Yeah, there's probably a reason why split pay still makes sense. But projects that are on a much smaller scale that take far less time, it doesn't benefit me in any way, shape, or form for it to be a split pay. And I don't have to worry about the client running off with a $200 like that they never paid me. So, yeah, Or like forgetting to send the invoice or, I mean, there's so many... There's so many pieces that can go wrong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the downstream part of that. And you were talking about outsourcing. So, you know, if you want to outsource, you have to train them and then you have to give them information about the different rules and ideas that you have for each client and trying to communicate that, particularly in a remote setting when mm-hmm. you're working with people remotely can just be such a headache. <laughs> but it's so much easier upfront to just say, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And again, like I said, you can change your mind. There's nothing that says that you have to keep things the way they are. It goes with, you know, billing. It goes with the tech tools that you're using. It goes with where you're hosting your website or where you buy your domain names. It goes with, you know, all of that, all of those pieces. There is nothing to say that you can't change it if it makes sense to do so. But changing for the sake of change adds to that overwhelm that we were already talking yes. about. So don't just say, oh, well, Jamie and Susan said I can go and change. Really good reason. Yeah, we don't want to be like change for change's sake. We want to be changed for benefit. 
I think that's, that is a true statement. And um, I think that sometimes we get, we get a lot of messages about, particularly about new tools, Mm -hmm. you know, in the online marketing space of, Ooh, the new tool, it's got this, it's got a fancy bell and whistle. Everybody switch to that. Mm -hmm. Or, um, and so we get all of these messages that are telling us, Ooh, this is the new thing. This is what you should be using. And we just feel compelled to like, there's so many messages that say, this is the latest and greatest go do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you and I both know that, you know, implementing any new tool, even if it's a, a simple one, there's still work that goes into it. There's still a thought process. There's still, you have to plan out how that's going to integrate with your rest or the rest of your system and what you're going to use it for and how you're going to use it and configure it. Yep. Um, and it's not always, it's not always overwhelming, but it still takes time to do it. And if you don't have a really good business case behind why you're doing that, it's not going to make your life easier on the other end and investing an hour in setting up a system isn't going to make your life, isn't going to save you 20 minutes every week for the next forever. Right. But it's, there's no real value in doing it. And you, you can set yourself back so quickly, just chasing after the latest and greatest. Yeah, absolutely. I, I find that most of the time people who are wanting to do something new online they get inundated with all these you know try it for a month do this do that mm-hmm. do the, all these things and before they know it they have 14 decisions to make and you know I'm sure that you've seen it I know that the listeners have definitely been like yeah I've been there done that I yeah, have to unsubscribe <laughs> you know but it's it's not a bad thing to be open to opportunity, to say, oh, what else is out there? Because something might be that silver bullet that might just truly optimize your your processes and optimize your workflows. So, you know, it's always a balance. It's always a balance Mm -hmm. um, of time, money, energy, capabilities. I mean, what what else is it a balance of? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's true. And I always um, recommend, and I know I do for myself personally, I always like to audit what I'm, what I'm using about once a year, figure Mm -hmm. out if there's anything that, you know, there's new features are always coming out, particularly on the cloud-based tools that maybe they added a feature now to one of the tools I'm already using. That means I don't have to pay for another tool that was doing that function. Mm -hmm, So I mm -hmm. always like to do, you know, a review annually or so and, um, see if there's anything that I can cut out costs. I can save. you know, I'm a CFO. So I'm always trying to save money. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, we um, all, we all need that CFO brain sometimes to make sure that we are optimizing things in the way that we do them. And I, you know, I think that one of the things that I'm sure the listeners are thinking about right now is they're kind of listening to us talk about not being overwhelmed, about making smart decisions, about making decisions for purpose, not for pleasure <laughs> and things like that <laughs> is that, how do I know that I'm making the right decision and I'm making the the decision for the right purpose and that I'm that I've thought it through properly? So uh, let's kind of talk about that a little bit. So for me, I think there's real value in, like we talked about before, talking to an outside party because they can ask questions that you are then forced to answer. <laughs> um, where it's it's sometimes it's really hard to do that for yourself to ask yourself questions about why you're doing things. Um, so I, I think on one hand, it's if you have the resources, 
hiring somebody to, even if it's just to ask you those questions or having a friend say, ask me questions about why I'm doing these things, that can be a really great tool. The other thing I always like to do is just block out an hour on your calendar. You know, this doesn't have to be anything that is, it, it doesn't have to be a week. It doesn't have to be a month long project. You can sit down for an hour and say, okay, great. What piece do I want to look at? How, what, what one little piece of my system could I make better? Sometimes that's, you know, writing down the process of the thing that you do. Um, so if you have a, when we're doing project management system implementations, it's what is the process that you go through to execute this task? Mm-hmm. Um, write down all the steps. And that can be it. You can write down all the steps and put it in your project management system as a checklist to repeat or turn it into a zap that can happen automatically mm-hmm. by a zap here. Mm-hmm. Um, or it can just be there for the next time you have to do that thing. You don't have to remember. You don't have to use a brain space that says, what are the what are the steps I have to remember to do again? Yes. Um, and sometimes just slowing down for, it doesn't have to be a big length of time, you know, half hour, an hour, just slowing down and saying for this hour, I'm going to focus on this one thing and figuring out how to make it better. Um, so I don't, I don't think it has to be a, a big thing. I think you can, if you can break it down into little pieces and then just tackle that one tiny piece, that one task that you can never remember what the steps are mm-hmm. or the, you know, setting up a, a zap that starts, uh, my, my personal favorite is the Calendly appointment to the new client setup of all of the folders on Google Drive. Mm-hmm, um, just, mm-hmm. you know, that's something you can do in an hour, half hour. And then you never have to do that ever again. Right. Yeah. So that one half hour that you spent setting that up can mean that you save 15 hours this year, not doing that ever again. So what are you going to do with that time? It's something that you can do a lot of high value, more high value right. time and spent on pretty much anything else. Yeah. And as you're documenting these things or as you're setting up these apps, all of a sudden you're using that time once you're using like I mean I'm thinking of that zap okay you could outsource the task to an assistant to every time a Calendly comes in that it's a new client that they do a b c all the way down through z or they only have to do one thing or they don't have to do anything because you've automated the entire process you know there are definitely I think that you can't automate what you haven't documented. And yes. the more that you document, the more you feel in control and the less you feel like, oh, I have to find this crutch. I have to find this Band-Aid. I have to, I have to, I have to. You get to the point where you're like, okay, now I can make this process better. I can take this process that I have written down in 18 steps in my journal or in my notebook and I can move it to the computer so that then it's a checklist in my project management system. And then from there, you take it from the project management. You're like, this is all repetitive automated stuff. I'm going to now move it to a zap. And so you're kind of taking what could have been overwhelming and was overwhelming and making, and like you don't have to go all the way from your brain to the automation of the zap. It's You, you can yeah. do it incrementally as well. No, I think that's, I think sometimes particularly with folks who are a little more on the, like the creative side, the less, less, 
you know, less finance side. Um, <laughs> when we start talking about projects and checklists and um, processes, it can, there's a real resistance mm-hmm. uh, to that. That can feel very constraining. Um, and it, there's, there is a, cause I've seen it before where there, like, there's a real like resistance just to don't, don't put me in a box. Don't put my pro- don't force me to have a process. Don't put me in a box. But the real power I think is in making that decision one time, deciding what that process is one time. And that actually frees you up to spend your time doing creative fun things mm-hmm. and not trying to remember what order you need to do things. Right. Yeah. And so I think there's real power in terms of creativity to offloading that out of your brain, make the decision once, decide what the process is. You can go back later and improve it if you want, mm-hmm. um, but decide once and make that your process and it's done. And you don't even have to call it a process. You can call it a framework. Sometimes that makes people feel <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, or you can, you can call it the, the dance steps. Like seriously. There you go. I mean, like if you are a choreographer, it's the dance steps to make my business run. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Because it's exactly something that's using your capabilities and what you're, what you feel comfortable with. Put that name on it. It doesn't have to follow anybody else's rules. I absolutely love that, Susan. You know, I think that that might even be a great place for us to wrap this conversation up. So before we do that, I definitely always end every episode with a little bit of a curveball question. But before we get to the curveball... Let's make sure everyone knows how to get in touch with you, uh, what your podcast is, and just kind of a little bit of a gem of what you'd like, you know, kind of like summarizing what you thought of uh, about in this episode. Um, Okay, so if you want to get in touch with me, my website is scalespark.co, and the podcast is listed off off of the uh, top of the screen there, or you can go to scalespark.co slash podcast. The podcast is called Break the Ceiling, and we talk about all of those problems of growth. How do you solve the problems of your operations when you're growing or when you've hit a hit a ceiling. <laughs> Hence the name, break the ceiling. <laughs> totally. Um, so that's how you can get a hold of me. And I really think if there is, you know, one, one takeaway, it would be that, you know, systems and processes don't have to be scary. They can be simple. They can be a checklist. And if you can just make decisions one time and then use that decision over and over again, that is really the key to being able to scale your capacity because you don't have to make that decision over and over again. You're not using that same brain power. You have made the decision one time and then you can just use that and move your brain into other more high value things. I love that. That is beautiful. So as I kind of inferred, we end every episode here with the curveball, which is kind of taken from the episode, kind of where we've been talking and things like that. And Susan, for you, I just really want you to share with us what you find is a good method or a good tool to like I mean we talked about Zapier but something else that you kind of have seen time and again with your clients that has just been consistently good you know I mean it may not be perfect for everybody listening right now but it's just been one of those tools that's kind of like a little bit high um, shining a little bit more of a beacon right now that's like this is working for a lot more people than I had expected or this is just working better than we had hoped and it's kind of one of those go-to tools. 
Um, my go-to tool is always Zero, which is an accounting software. It's a QuickBooks online competitor. Uh, and the reason that I am constantly recommending it is because it was built from the ground up to integrate with other tools. So it's it's really designed to bring in all of those pieces of data from all of those other tools and can really serve as a central hub for the data of your business and can turn into a really great uh, reporting tool. All of that information that gets kind of consolidated into zero, you can use that to make really good database decisions about your business. So that's always my go-to. I, I love that. I think that Zero is a fabulous piece of software. And yes, it is integratable with a lot of different things. And that's kind of where I have my fun. I Even though I'm not in the tech space, you know, in the finance space, I'm in the tech space and in the integration space. So I've had that opportunity and pleasure of doing that as well. Susan, thank you again so, so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Super, super insightful. And I am so honored that Susan wanted to come on the podcast and share her wisdom with all of us. I encourage you to check out her podcast. And if you haven't joined the Expand Online Facebook group yet, you can get there by going to techofbusiness.com forward slash community. I'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.